Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished and senior corporate leader from India, Aradhna Lal. Aradhna, welcome to the show. Thank you. Aradhna is the Vice President, Brand Communications and Sustainability Initiatives at Lemon Tree Hotels. So Aradhna, let's talk about uh, sustainability, inclusion and diversity at Lemon Tree Hotels. Tell me about the work you are doing there. So this work has been a very interesting journey over 15 years. Mm -hmm. Initially, it was started as a pilot, but within two years, it was evident to us that this should be part of the HR strategy. And it should be part of the business model. So where we stand today, about uh, 17 to 18 percent of our employee workforce is either a person with disability or a person belonging to an economically or socially marginalized background. And we've been able to broad base this well. We've been able to accommodate more than 10 different kinds of disabilities and different kinds of segments in the economically weak as well. So we work with people who are deaf, people who have a physical handicap. Uh, low vision, uh, acid survivors, people who are autistic, uh, those who have Down syndrome or are slow learners or have mild uh, MR. Mm -hmm. uh, then in the other segment, we've worked with people below the poverty line, orphans, abandoned girls, widows, divorcees, and in the recent years, also with transgender. And we hope to grow that much more in the future. Okay. So we have realized that by bringing in people of these different abilities and different needs, mm -hmm. we are able to create diversity, which in turn creates a, a higher level of creativity and problem solving. And we've seen this work in our uh, hotel in different departments all the time. It's a very interesting outcome, actually. Mm -hmm. And would you be able to share some examples of how you know, co-employees or customers have reacted to the change that you have made to it with such amazing inclusion? Yes, certainly. So in the early years, let's talk about employees first. In the mm -hmm. early years, it was not evident to the team members or even to their supervisors and managers mm -hmm. that a person with disability, for instance, mm -hmm. would be able to perform a job as well, if not better than a person without disability. This was not clear. Mm -hmm. So it took a lot of sensitization, awareness building, training, mm -hmm. not so much of those who were coming in with special needs, but actually those who were in the company without any disability. Mm. For them to see that if you can align the role of that person to that person's ability, then the disability becomes inconsequential. It doesn't matter. Mm. So if a person is deaf and you uh, train him well to be a steward in a restaurant, mm. other than speaking to a guest and taking an order because he can't hear, he can perform all the other 25 or 30 tasks. That's really important. So there's a huge process called job mapping. Mm -hmm. And when we implemented this, we went disability by disability, role by role. It was evident to employees that, yes, it is possible to make them perform well and do uh, productive work. Right. As far as guests go, their first reaction is one of surprise, naturally. Mm -hmm. But it is quite amazing in a country where disability is considered to be a social taboo. Mm -hmm. Our guests have never reacted negatively. They just get a little startled or they get a little surprised. Within a minute, when they see how those boys and girls are able to deliver the service that they have to. Say he's a room boy and he's cleaning your room. Say he's a boy in the restaurant or suppose he's someone at the poolside, they are able to deliver what the guest needs. Mm -hmm. Then the guest is uh, sort of left with a very happy and positive sort of feeling. And they have voiced it to us. This is how we know. We're not guessing. They have actually told us. Amazing. Amazing. 
So, uh, you know, Aratha, when I was reading about you, you were, uh, you know, initially sales and marketing. What made you take a call or decision to move from sales and marketing to sustainability, inclusion and diversity? I find, uh, Ashutosh, that in life, when a challenge comes your way, you have two choices. You can get scared and wonder how is this going to happen? Mm. Or you can just take it as an adventure. Mm. So sustainability was part of what was going on at Lemon Tree. It was being driven by our chairman and managing director together with the people who lead that piece. So together with HR, together with engineering and projects and so on. Mm. About 10 or 12 years ago, when I moved into this space, it was clear that the company needed someone to focus on sustainability. Only then it will grow especially right. the diversity piece. Mm. So he said to me, listen, you do it. I was like, uh, I don't know anything. I haven't mm -hmm. studied this. I have no idea. I'm a sales and marketing person. So he says, so can't you learn? So mm. it was a bit of a, you know, he sort of threw the ball in my court and said, now you play this game. Mm. So I was like, oh, all right. So I spent one year behaving like a student, actually. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I would meet people who were experts in the field, who were subject matter experts, whether it was to do with disability and inclusion, mm -hmm. or it was to do with sustainability, like renewable energy and water recycling and all the other subjects. Mm -hmm. I would attend, of course, conferences, but I would meet people and go and visit their premises to see how is this done. At the end of one year, then it became very clear to me that why is it that it is part of our business model? It started making sense. So, you know, as the person who had to lead it, not only must I believe in it, I must be able to see the logic because if I can't see the logic, I cannot drive it. Mm. So that's how I moved and it. Now it's been a 10, 11 year journey. After amazing. That. Amazing. And you seem to have enjoyed this journey and are leading an amazing. I'm scared, but I, I liked it. Yes. Wonderful. So, you know, you mentioned that 16, 17% of uh, the entire employee ba database of, or base of Lemon Tree Hotels uh, are uh, what you would uh, say opportunity deprived. Yeah. Um, I have three questions on this. What is the process you have to recruit them? What is the process of training? And please share some amazing stories. Great. So we have actually, in these 15 years, we have somehow developed a model, an inclusion model. It is something that emerged for us. Mm -hmm. And we learned from our own journey. So there are seven pillars to it. The first pillar, of course, is that as a leadership team and as a company, you must accept the ideology and understand that it makes business sense mm -hmm. and then cascade it to the team. Mm -hmm. The second step is have someone focus on it, which is what I do. The third is to sensitize the team. As I mentioned, we had to sensitize everybody, build awareness. Mm. The fourth is about job mapping. So now when we have to do the recruitment, we need our NGO partners because these are the people who work in the disability sector. Some of them work across different disabilities. Some are very specific. They work with deaf or they work with autistic or they work with uh, intellectual disability. So we have to uh, partner a number of NGOs like this because they become the source of candidates for us. You know, they act like a recruitment firm in some sense mm -hmm. and they help us come across these candidates because they are the ones who do skilling, life skilling, professional skilling, vocational mm -hmm. skilling with these people from a young age so that by the time they are ready for the workforce, they have already given them a whole lot of inputs. Of course, we will train them in the services you have to give at elementary, mm -hmm. but the other basics are taken care of by the NGOs. So NGOs are a great source. Where we stand today after 15 years, uh, even word of mouth has become an awesome way in which candidates right. come forward to us. They approach us directly. Uh, they read stuff about us when the media writes about us. Uh, employees who are there in the company will tell other people in that uh, particular disability mm. space. So they'll come forward and so on. Mm. 
So that's how the sourcing happens. With respect to training, there are two aspects. Those who have physical disability, we train them as part of the regular 101 trainings. We have something called food and beverage 101, housekeeping 101, front office 101. These are 10-day programs in a classroom as well as the shop floor. So you learn theoretically and then you practice. So they are part of those classroom learnings as well as the practice. And you have to arrange a Indian sign language interpreter for the deaf, obviously. And if there are other physical disabilities, they, they manage, obviously. Mm. In the case of intellectual challenge, it's a bit different because their marginalization and their level of education is, is very, very basic. Mm. So for them, we first run a traineeship. So the model is for physical disability, we hire, then train. And for intellectual Again, then higher. Mm -hmm. So the internship has to run for six months with the help of the NGO, and then we make a job offer at the end of it. That works very well. Okay, and uh, give me one or two interesting stories of how uh, young employees came and how they've grown. So we've had um, two, three interesting pieces. There's a lady called Seema who's located at our Delhi hotel mm -hmm. and she's in housekeeping and she takes care of the public areas and she's a very bright and happy person and her smile is really pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Now what's beautiful is she's married, she has children and her family as in her children, her in-laws and everybody are all hearing people. Mm -hmm. So the only person who's deaf is actually her. But the way in which she manages her home and her work, and she's also been promoted to a supervisor level, mm. it is incredible. And she's spent more than five, six years with us now. And um, it's amazing how mm. the whole work-life balance is working so well for her. In fact, we want to learn from her that how do you balance this? You know, it is so fabulous. Yes. So that I, I see that as one example. The second example I'd like to share is, with respect to Down syndrome, now Down syndrome is a biological uh, disability from birth mm -hmm. and it leads, leads to an intellectual challenge. When these boys and girls come to us, they have had certain amount of exposure. When they spend a year or two with us, we have seen their personality develop, the way they hold their body, their posture, that has developed. The way they speak, in any case, their speech is a little limited. They don't mm -hmm. speak so clearly and they don't speak that much. Mm -hmm. But the way in which they can talk and the way in which they can understand other people, including guests, mm -hmm. everything evolves. Now, that evolution is a human evolution. It's mm -hmm. not so much about the job. We find that observation very powerful. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So now let me move to a few general questions about uh, sustainability, inclusion and diversity. Uh, We've been talking of, uh, you know, uh, inclusion, sustainability in, in the corporate world in India and around the world for several years. Uh, as one of the leaders in this sector, what would you say is the seriousness with which the corporate world takes sustainability and inclusion? Actually, I'm very happy you asked me this question because I've been part of this journey for 12 years and I have seen so much evolution. It's amazing. Mm. So... Let's say about 20 years ago, people wouldn't even know what sustainability is and they definitely didn't know it was called ESG, which is Environment Social Governance. They had no idea. Yeah. What has emerged in the last, I would say, 10 years and more specifically the last five years, including the two years of the pandemic, mm. is that if businesses want to succeed, yes, revenue and profit are very important. Without that, you're not a business, actually. Mm. But the sustainability aspects are crucial to the way you run your business. So whether it is something like diversity and inclusion, which leads to creativity, better results, better engagement, 
and so on of everybody not just the people with disability the others as well uh, whether it is moving towards renewable energy and having a better impact on the planet rather rather reducing your negative impact as well as this way your carbon footprint mm-hmm. um whether it is cost there are so many solutions that are run sustainably mm-hmm. where in the long term yeah you might have to buy some um, equipment or some capital investment initially mm-hmm. but if you look at the uh, payback period it's usually between 3 to 4 years possibly a little more sometimes but then the cost and the operating benefits that will come mm. in the initial years and certainly after you recovered the cost mm. this is something that organizations are able to now uh, enumerate and understand so i believe the corporate sector takes sustainability very seriously mm. and uh, especially environment for sure there's no doubt about it and some of the areas are compliance related also correct, correct. with respect to inclusion and diversity i think people are discovering Mm-hmm. and they are willing to do trials actually the most important thing for any company to become inclusive mm-hmm. is firstly the mindset and the second is start doing some trials and pilots only then you will know if it's going to work for you mm-hmm. just sitting on a chair and saying oh but this doesn't work it's not the way we we also done so many pilots that's how we made all these disabilities come into place amazing you know everything you're saying is like a breath of fresh air to me i mean i'm so delighted lemontree and you. you are doing such amazing work but arada tell me uh, is this understanding or appreciation of sustainability uh, inclusion and diversity similar across the entire country or is it different in urban large metros and different across the the, the smaller cities so it might i may not be the best person to answer with respect to smaller cities mm-hmm. and rural areas because we don't do work there but i can observe within the lemontree group see today we have 87 hotels in 54 destinations two are outside the country now the remaining in the country they are all the metros they are mini metros and there are few remote locations mm-hmm. they might be remote on account of being uh, close to nature or some other uh, mm-hmm. area like that either it's a touristic reason or a historical reason or a religious reason that we've chosen that destination for a hotel mm. what we are observing is that this understanding of sustainability whether it is to do with power water whether it is to do with waste mm-hmm. whether it is to do with inclusion diversity or anything i don't think this understanding and knowledge is limited to metros mm. it is very refreshing to see that sometimes ideas and innovation comes out of the mini metro so definitely but also out of a rural area now in our case we're not so much into that rural area but still we find that certain thoughts come forward and when i engage with other colleagues in different industries suppose they're in the manufacturing sector or cement or anything whatever they might be doing i learn from them that the practices followed in rural areas are pretty pretty robust especially when it comes to nature i mean i think they know much more than we do and we can understand so i believe india is well poised to uh, take this forward and there is an understanding and there is a desire to adopt see just because you understand something from a distance doesn't mean you're putting it into practice right. but i believe in the last 10 years we have all as a corporate sector whatever our industry we've all started practicing it and i can tell you it's going to get better in the future fascinating and how important is sustainability for financial markets well i am learning this now especially in the last 5 uh, 6 years uh, we have large institutional investors in lemontree maybe aware so even for them when they are looking at our level of success they are looking for two three things one is what is our potential revenue earning capacity going forward which means the lens is on growth mm-hmm. so today if we are 87 hotels when are we going to become 200 hotels and so on so forth correct the second lens is on the 
level of risk how high is the risk so this entire pandemic we have seen how it deeply impacted some industries and hospitality and tourism was knocked off its feet everybody knows that right how do we survive that therefore what is our cost model so that becomes another area of understanding that can this company be the last man standing assuming that that economy or that sector is falling down right. can the company be the last man standing so that's a second aspect to look at and the third one which i have come to appreciate now is they are looking at sustainability performance mm. so one is what are the areas of work you are doing so they want to know are you focusing on inclusion are you focusing on power and renewable energy are you focusing mm. on water recycling waste xyz and governance also and the other is they want to know if you are reporting it it's not just about doing the initiative so we did our first esg report last year a public document mm. so it was very important for us to do that and we have seen the number of inquiries and questions coming in after that because we disclose everything mm. so i think it's uh, very relevant for economic performance and for financial market performance very interesting uh, the next question that i have uh, aradhna is that uh, and i've been speaking to many people this is sustainability diversity inclusion needs a certain amount of investment and a mindset from the organization does this in any way contradict a very very aggressive gdp growth of the country i don't think so i think it flows together i'll tell you why i just mentioned to you that we have to see what the payback period of any initiative or innovation is mm-hmm. we have to see what the roi is so you're going in with a capital investment when required so for mm-hmm. instance if we want to move over to 50% renewable energy which is our target for fy26 mm-hmm. right now we are at about 17 18% mm. it obviously means we have to get solar panels on the premises it obviously means we have to have partnerships with uh, other uh, renewable energy providers mm. and go for what is called open access some of those open access sources require us to be a part share owner like if you mm. put some money into it Mm-hmm. so we will enter these arrangements knowing that you have to spend xyz lakhs of crores mm-hmm. and you will have to understand that okay will i recover this by way of a lower cost of power because you know when you generate renewable energy now the cost of power is lower mm-hmm. than traditional and will it impact my ghg emissions and will that in turn then impact how the financial market looks at me Mm-hmm. so there's a lot of modeling we have to do around this mm-hmm. but i think the sustainable growth is a economic decision as much as it is a decision of development they're two together you don't just say okay let's do everything in the interest of development you also look at cost so i don't think there's a contradiction with gdp i think they go together fantastic my next question to you is about uh, the the younger generation the millennials and the gen z's who are now coming into positions of leadership in large organizations and they are also influencing a lot of companies to change yes what is your uh, feedback or perspective on how millennials and gen z's are talking about sustainability inclusion and diversity in the travel and tourism business oh that's an easy one i must say okay. so there are two lenses we can look at one mm. is the consumer himself or herself so as a three and four star hotel company there are lots of our hotels especially our three star hotels where the the average age of the guest could be somewhere between 20 and 30 it's not more than that right so we are already witnessing consumer preferences for hotel companies and for travel companies mm. that are focused on sustainability when they get to know about our inclusion initiative when they get to know about renewable energy water saving 
they are the first to come forward and say i want to stay with this hotel firstly they put us on social media right away saying mm-hmm. you know their friends get to know this is happening mm-hmm. some of them go on to trip advisor make my trip and wherever they made yeah. the booking from mm-hmm. and start putting feedback about us mm-hmm. and they are not just saying good service they are telling the sustainability story for us they become like brand ambassadors mm-hmm. so the first lens is that the second lens is our team our employees now the average age at lemon tree if you don't include the corporate team mm-hmm. the average age is about uh, 28 or 29 that means oh, wow. our managers even at the hotels they are very young folks mm-hmm. it's not like a five star deluxe company where you become a hotel manager after 15 20 years of being in the industry mm-hmm. here you might become a manager even within 6 or 7 years and obviously you have someone at the corporate team who's guiding you that's fine Correct. so i'm saying the age of our employee base out there is just in the region of 30 mm-hmm. and they are already showing us how they believe in waste needs to be managed well and recycled how energy should move over to renewable how water has to be saved there are young people in the teams who come up with their own ideas we get the ideas from them saying mm-hmm. okay this is the best way to save water and so on mm-hmm. and so forth so we rewrite our sop sometimes when somebody brings in a good idea and does an experiment so i think the young uh, generation is certainly impacting our lives and i'm sure those who have children they are learning from their children that what should you do with respect to water waste etc it's a, it's a pretty interesting phenomena we are being taught by the young basically absolutely very very well said so aradhan i'm going to move to uh, a few questions for you personally yes. you know my my viewers and listeners love to get to know my guest a little better i have time for two or three questions let me start by asking you that in a career which has been so diverse and so successful and now you are in uh, some in, in in a segment which is so critical for our country and for business what would you say are three key milestones or pivot points in your life or your career i'm going to go backwards it might mm-hmm. be easier yeah so one one is what you asked me how did i how come i moved from sales mm-hmm. and marketing to sustainability so that right. pivot point is about 10 or 11 years ago mm-hmm. and i'm telling you i was scared initially i don't look like i could be scared but i was okay so um that was one turning point the second turning point for me i think was um I left Hindustan Lever, Hindustan Unilever, mm-hmm. to come and work at Lemon Tree. Now, while the chairman Pathu was my old colleague and friend from the Taj, so I knew who he was. But still, I was leaving something so entirely well established mm-hmm. for something that didn't even have brick and mortar ready at that time. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit of a leap of faith, but I mean, I I can see where I am today. So I do understand it was a good choice. So that's mm-hmm. the second one to move away from the well known and the structure to something that was just a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. and the third one i have to say is i did my mba after having worked for 6 years at the taj so that ability or that choice i made to let go of work and take a sabbatical mm-hmm. and of course the universe was kind and and um, had me go to the indian institute of management in ahmedabad which is good uh, so that moment of time to be able to reinvent yourself it was definitely a reinvention um and uh, i was scared once again that i better pass so that was another story altogether Wonderful. but that that um that moment and that faith of the leading institute of the country mm. i think that really turned it around for me so okay. these are the three memorable moments for me incredible so i'm going to ask you my last question now given that time and this is a question on failure um i've often said that parents in india or south asia or southeast asia east asia don't teach children it's okay to fail mm. we're always told first in class head of the line and that manifests itself in our behavior patterns 
you and I both live in, in Delhi. So we know that at a traffic light, there will be nine cars in a three lane because my car must be first, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Yet we fail, we learn. So my question to you, Aradna, is what have been your learnings from some of your mistakes? Oh, wow. Uh, do you have a lot of time for this answer? <laughs> because there are lots of mistakes. Anyway, to put it very succinctly, yeah. um, I think failure teaches you two things. Mm. One is the ability to take it on the chin. Now, you know, ego is a huge thing. Okay. And those of us who've come from premier institutes, you know, if I look at my school, my college and my MBA school, I would uh, hold my own self on a pedestal and say, I must always do this excellently and I must think of all the outcomes and I must get it. Uh, life doesn't work like that. Sometimes you're pushed into something rather quickly without time, without information, most important without data mm. and things can fail. So even in the sustainability work we've done, there are so many of our ideas that just fell flat. You know, after the pilot, you were like, what was this? Yeah. So first is it teaches you the ability to take it on the chin. And I think to grow as a leader, mm. you have to have that. Otherwise you'll be one egotistical, whatever, whatever, jerk, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's one. And the second is it teaches you um, innovation. Mm -hmm. Because if something is going to go wrong and then you're going to analyze it and say, hey, what the hell happened? Why did it go like this? Mm -hmm. Then you are able to come up with a solution or a different way of thinking as they say you think out of the box. Mm -hmm. Because if you just keep swinging the bat every time and, it, and the, knock the ball out of the park, then where will you learn? What will you learn? Correct. So I feel these two things are the relevant lessons. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Aradna, on that note, uh, thank you so much for speaking thank to me. You. Thank you for talking to me about the incredible work you're doing for sustainability, inclusion, and diversity. Thank you for talking to me at such length about what you're doing with young people and how amazing uh, the opportunities are that you're providing to them as an organization and how you personally are working on so many different kinds of uh, abilities to you know, add value to each one of them. And thank you for talking to me about some of your own journey. Thank you and good luck. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You videocast and podcast. A platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.